this is this is this is this this is hidden gem. This is hidden gem. This is hidden gem. Welcome back, everybody. We are episode 21, uh, Hidden Gem series. My man, Impulse tonight. Uh, this episode, this episode is old enough to drink, right? You yes, said it's is. It is old enough to drink, man. It is. So cheers, bro. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> so, uh, me, uh, me and Impulse go back. I think uh, 2006. Uh, you, uh, you emceed for my uh, my first big break dancing event called Unbreakable, and uh, I wasn't. It was uh, Unbreakable, yeah, up in the Lee yeah. District Center. Yeah, I remember that. I, I wasn't sure if it was 2005 or 2006. I was trying to remember myself. Yeah, it was 2006, and I think uh, the reason why you you were so willing to do it is because we we donated to the uh, to the autistic uh, organization, um, and that's why you you signed up for it with the man by saw people. So, but, um, um, actually, yo, actually, uh, well, uh, I I didn't remember that you donated or none of that. Um, yeah, Ryan Ryan asked me. He said, "Do you want to perform slash host at a b boy competition?" I was already sold there. Like he didn't have to say anything else. Oh, word. Okay, okay, okay. And then, and then when he was like, "Yeah, these guys are cool," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." Even after whack, it's a b boy competition. So worst case scenario, I get to watch people break all day. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And if I remember correctly, uh, Lions of Zion was there, and um, oh man, I, I've escapes my mind now, but there was an Asian crew there, and I hate to say Asian, but in the b-boy culture, <laughs> we know what that means, right? Yeah. And they were hit, like, I remember, um, what I remember about them is most guys came out, and it was a lot of top rock, a lot of up rock, a little footwork, right? First round. You know, always do that first round. You always, you save, you're, you're right? There was this Asian cat that came out, nice, scrawny-looking kid, super tight clothes, and he starts hitting air flares. Like, his first rotation out. And I was like, we're in for some shit now. You know what I mean? <laughs> if he already – and he he air flared into, like, no-handed um, – like, into, like, a no-handed windmill. Yeah. And yeah. I was like – and I was like, okay. So they won first round. You know what I mean? It was like it was like that. And I won't name the names of the crews, but, but Homeboy, <laughs> that first round was ugly. So the <laughs> only thing you – the only thing you did wrong – that whole day was you definitely pitted some like number one seeds <laughs> versus some like sixteen seeds like early, and you it wasn't fair. Be, you can't be revealing my secrets, man. Of how I organized. It wasn't fair. Life. It wasn't <laughs> fair. It wasn't fair, bro. It, it, if I if I was one of those other crews, I'd I'd have been like, you know what I mean? Like I, I was, but no, that. So yeah, so we go back at least fourteen years. At, yeah, least, at least fourteen, 14 years. years. Yeah, and then um after that, uh, two thousand ten, I did your album release party. Um, up at the Miller's Tavern. Um, yeah, Johnny Three Legs, I think, uh, Mike Finite, and uh, yep. somebody else, too. I think it was... Uh, we'll, le we'll leave the other... Yeah. Yeah, the other, one of the other guys on there I don't think I have good standing with, so he gets no pub right now. Okay, okay. <laughs> Flex Matthews. Flex Matthews performed. Shout okay, out to Flex yeah, Matthews. Yeah, Flex is the man, man. But, so, um... Let's go, yeah, let's do, go you remember, do you remember me hitting you up, though? 
and being like, yo, man, I remember, like, I need a host. Yeah. And I re- like, I, you remember me? Hit, I hit you up and I was just like, yo, usually I run all this stuff. I don't want to have to do that. Like, can I bother you to do it? Like, here, mm-hmm. you, just, you know what I mean? And you were like, yeah, I'm with it. I'm with it. And, uh, and since then, you posted as much stuff as I could get you to host since then. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So, yeah. I think it's been like five more shows after that with you. So, yeah. We don't yeah, think- yeah. Definitely no strangers to each other on a, on a, on the show format. <laughs> so let's go. Uh, let's get this started, man. Uh, where does where does hip hop begin for Impulse, man? Where does it all begin with you, man? Yeah. So like for 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 me, Derek as the physical entity, you know, eighty nine ninety, uh, you know, trying to battle kids the bus stop. So I was like eight. I was born in eighty one. So like eight, you know, eight years old. Um. Started recording in 94. I'm just going to skim through all that. And then, then I started recording in 94. Uh, my first rap crew in 95. And then <laughs> one day in, in 2000, I was making a bunch of really bad decisions all on the same day. Um, I won't put any of them out there because one of them still has a, no statute of limitations. So, But I was making a, a bunch of bad decisions all on the same day. And I was riding around with some people that didn't even know I rapped. That's not how we knew each other. We knew each other for some other stuff. And uh, I closed my eyes and I, I, I actually had passed out for like five minutes, but thought I just blinked mm-hmm. just to give you the type of time I was on. Right. Right. And I, when I opened my eyes, I was like, I'm impulse now. <laughs> and everybody thought that I was going to change my real name. Like they had no idea what I meant. So uh, Impulse popped up in, in, in you know, 2000, uh, early 2000, and uh, started, you know, kept recording, got my own equipment, met Count Fifth in 2003. He taught me Pro Tools, you know. That's the super, super, you know, long and short of it. But, yeah, doing it a long, long time, a long time. Probably older than I've, – I've been rapping longer than a lot of people's favorite MCs have been alive. Damn. And it shows. Yeah. On both sides. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, it does. So um where where where'd you grow? Are you you've been in Leesburg the whole you've been out there the whole the whole time? Born and raised out now? There? I, I, I mean, I, you just lagged on me. So I think you asked me where I grew up. Um yeah, so I've i I hopped around a whole lot when I was younger. But basically the Loudoun County area, um, which I don't know if people are familiar with Loudoun, but I guess we're roughly like forty, forty five miles from DC. Okay. West did of DC. A, did you guys have a scene out there? Was there like ever like a, a big hip hop scene coming up? No. Okay. Nah, we you know. No, nah, I actually try. We did our best to create it, or yeah. to be the scene. And you know, I had those. I would have periods of time where it's like, man, I got to get out to DC. I got to get out, and you know, we would try and go further out. But I was like, why in the world am I going to waste my time in a city where I can't even drive? without someone giving me directions. When I got a whole county where nobody raps. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so we started doing our own parties. Um, 1999, uh, 2000, summer of 99, we started throwing our own field parties. Because okay. where I lived at, you could just grab a field, tell the 300 people we're partying, and over the course of the night, 1,000 people would come through. And so what we would do was you would charge for cups, just to pay for all the party stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had people there that were getting rid of different things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
all the party favors were there. You feel me? And I would uh, do like a 20 minute set three or four times that night. Like when I could tell the crowd had changed, I would do, I would perform again. Mm. And we just kept going. And, you know, and then of course you, you cipher, you get on the mic and um, I would, we had a crew called the cipher hogs because no matter where we went, there was five of us and there could be 30 people. And we would all be going in a cipher, which a lot of these kids, I'm going to be using terms you've never heard before. So we would be standing in a circle, rapping one at a time. And then the, everyone gets to go. That's the unwritten rule is the first time through, everybody gets a chance, okay? It's like a lyrical gangbang. The first time <laughs> through, everybody gets to go, okay? Second time through, and we didn't like you, we don't want you to go. So the guy in, in front of you is going to go, and then if the guy behind you thinks he's better, he's going to skip you. Mm -hmm. If you don't speak up, you're out. If you speak up, you guys have to battle. Simple. So what we would do is we would strategically place ourselves, so two to three people in between us. We would go through one, like, one, one at a time, and then by the second time, I would just be looking at everybody like I'm skipping everybody after my homeboy. There could be five people. My man would finish his bars. I know his verse. He finishes verse, and I just go right in. Yeah. And no one would say anything. And I would literally, like, wave at him, like, all right, so you're out. And then I would end my verse by passing it to my next homie, skipping whoever was next to us, knowing nobody was going to do anything, not verbally or, or physically. And uh, so, like, that was the scene that we created. And then I would go to other places and, you know, and you, I would see, like, battles happening. But I didn't know any of these people. And yeah. I've, I was freestyle battling already. You know, like, so um, every now and again, I'd go participate in a battle. But it was like the crowd would get to vote. And meanwhile, I'm trying to do, like, double entendres. I'm trying to, like, flame the person lyrically. And they would be like, he's short. He's light-skinned. And everybody like, ooh! And I was like, wait a second. All y'all are stupid. Like, this isn't my crowd. Let me go back and just keep making music, you know? <laughs> so, um, like, shout out to, like, people like K-Beta and Sketch and stuff like that. Because I used to actually listen to them battle on, like, Flavor 1580 and stuff like that. And I would, I remember I would try calling in. But I, my, we didn't have a phone. For like a year and a half, my parents, uh, my dad's a, a, a fucking scumbag, and we didn't have a phone for like a year and a half, right? So you saw that little, that, that not so sub, but so I would, I'm standing at the payphone in the rain, calling Flavor 1580, trying to get on there to freestyle, and he'd be like, all right, you're number 12 in the queue. And I'd be like, how long is that going to take? <laughs> like, how much money is that? Meanwhile, I got like a handful of change in my pocket. And there was a gas station right there. I'd be running up cashing dollars out to put more quarters in. And you, can't, and you don't get to hear other people while you're rapping. You're just sitting there. So I'd have my radio, my, my, my headphones on with my radio on, on with my other ear to the phone like, all right, this dude just lost. And they'd be like, you are number seven. I'd be like, man, fuck. You know, so I, I battled. I, I, I made it on the radio one time, and I ended up against mad skills. So you can probably imagine how that went. And I got destroyed. And but I shouted out uh, Loudoun County, Virginia, 
And then that was about, I thought, I, I was like, I put us on the map, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, nah, there was no real scene out here, man. We, um, like I said, we ended up having to come out to Fairfax and DC and, and, and the Falls Church and Alexandria and all those places. <clears throat> so I feel like, I feel what you were talking about, what you just talked about. I want to actually jump to the specific question I had. I guess did that, did going through what you went through help you in the battle league circuit? Which, uh, uh, yes and no. Yes and no. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes and no. Only because, um, so I was I was used to battling out here, right, and like or around people I knew, so I could make super specific references. And and also I was used to being like the biggest fish in a small pond, and I'd done so many shows. After so after I stopped battling regularly. And before my first like video battle, I probably did like 500 shows, mm-hmm. easy. And I, as you've seen before, I don't, I don't actually have sets. I show up with groups of beats and decide what I'm gonna do on stage. I've been doing that since like 2008, 2009. So my first recorded battle in 2011, I literally wrote my bars like the day before and some of them on the way there. Like, man, I got this. And then I get there and I'm like, man, I don't got this, you know? <laughs> and I realized yeah. I knew nothing about my opponent. So I, I did a bunch of stammering freestyles just about how great I am or whatever. And everybody's like, boo. And I'm like, oh, I wasn't used to that. So yeah. like, that was actually the most humbling experience I ever had. My first battle, I choked. And then after that, it was like, I'm not doing that again. I'm not remember, losing again. Do you remember again. who that was against? Do you remember, do you remember who you yeah, were against? Yeah, it was Mike Brown, who was actually Mike Tom Brown. DeLay. Yeah, he's actually Tom DeLay. I've never actually had to talk about this on camera, so I, I say this one for you. It's a hidden gem, you know what I'm saying? Okay. But um, but yeah, yeah. So Mike Brown was the first one, and Mike wrote his heart out, thinking, "Man, this dude can freestyle and beat me." And I'm thinking, "What are we gonna eat later?" <laughs> like I'm, I was prepared to go home and record. Like I wrote a song. I've been recording and working on a, a record. So I booked the battle. And and I wrote all my bars that day, memorized everything, and then the, the event got canceled. In like 2009, I was like, man, forget it then. Happened again in 2010. Forget it then. They booked me early 2011. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to lock in. And then we, my man went and bought some new equipment, which is actually the equipment I have right here. That's my, my setup right there. Okay. Yeah, it's the same stuff. All of the... These these didn't come with it. But um anyway, so by that time I was like, all right, I'll write this. I'll eventually I'll write my bars. I'll write them eventually. I, I'll get around to it. And then it was like a couple of days before the battle, I'm like, wait, I don't have anything. Like I haven't wrote one bar about this guy. I don't know. I haven't I barely did any research, couldn't find anything about him. He was man, Mike, I'm telling you, Mike was smart. He um <laughs> That was, again, that was a disadvantage. He changed his Facebook profile picture, right? <laughs> and, then, and then blocked all of my friends, like everyone in my friends group. So I literally couldn't, I didn't know what he looked like. When we got to the battle, I, I was looking for A-class because he was A-class's people. So I'm looking for A-class. Just like, who? all right, the white dude with A-class, that's who I'm battling today. You know? Which, again, you know, the cypher style, man. I'm used to pulling up on people or over speaking people, but I'm not used to anybody being prepared to keep going. So that's all he came to do was to tell me how whack I am, you know, and, and he did. 
Uh, shout out to Mike Brown, a.k.a. Tom DeLay. That was, um, like I said, it was the most humbling experience I've ever had music-related on or off camera. So, but yeah, yeah. definitely sh showing up with that ego was, was like the wrong move. That was the right, wrong move. Right. So then how did that help you, you know, like uh, do your battles later on? And what, what made you want to do, I guess, because uh, isn't it kind of risky sometimes doing the battle league when you're, when you're an artist that's doing music you feel or no, not really? Or do you think it jeopardizes you as an artist sometimes? I, I think it is now, I guess, because now these kids don't even have to rap good to be considered MCs. True. No, they don't even call themselves MCs anymore. They're just rappers. And if, you, and if they're not good at rapping, they go, well, I'm a rock star. It's like, nah, you're a talentless culture vulture. Go suck a dick. That's what you are. You know what I'm saying? When I was, I just decided I was not, I'm not going to lose like that. If I lose, it's going to be an honest, you know, like it, everybody loses a fair one in their life, but there's no, there's nothing worse than swinging and missing and falling and knocking yourself out. Yeah. Putting your hands up and then getting sat on your pockets and then standing back up. That's different than swinging, missing and knock and like waking up with your tooth knocked out. And they'd be like, yeah, you just fell down, dog. Yeah. Like he didn't he didn't kick you, he didn't do nothing. Like you fell down, he ran, and then that's it. And it's like, well that's that I was like, I ain't doing that no more. If I'm gonna lose, somebody's gonna have to beat my ass. Like that's that's how, you know, um I feel like that's just a general principle in life. But it's like if I'm gonna lose, I'm gonna lose. Yeah. Like nothing nothing to be afraid about, nothing to be ashamed about. Just like, yeah, I caught an L that day, you know. Unfortunately I've never lost since then. Um, I, I genuinely believe that if I, I won every battle after that or they were debatable, um, which technically I guess a debate is still a loss. Cause if you leave it up to the judges, you lost in boxing. You know what I'm saying? But I, I always felt like I was the champ coming in. So you got to knock me out. I don't have to knock you out. Like Floyd Mayweather could fight right now. As long as he makes it through the fight and round, he won. But you've got to knock him out. If it goes to the judges, you're going to lose. And that's yeah. how it's supposed to be. The champ's supposed to be knocked out. Your champ's got to submit in, in UFC. You got to snap his arm or something. Mm -hmm. his, 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 his corner's got to throw in the towel, not winning in points. What the fuck's points all about? Points don't mean <laughs> nothing when that when a good haymaker comes. But, yeah, so I feel like getting dominated and embarrassing myself in that first battle, guaranteed I wouldn't do that again. Yeah. So, um... Coming up, man, like, did you did you have any mentors that kind of, like, kind of helped you out? You know, like, whether it was lyrically or just kind of, like, showing you the way of what, what to do and what not to do? Anybody that was kind of, like... No, I was, the, I, was, I was, like, the oldest one rapping or the okay. one that had been doing it the longest everywhere I went. So I was actually, would be younger than dudes, would be, like, the older head. Does okay. that make sense? Like, Yeah, it does. It does, yeah. So, so, um, what, but... But like starting when I started, uh, <laughs> a couple of these cats don't rap anymore. But when we started our first crew, it was actually a graffiti crew. We were the Trey's Locos graffiti crew. I didn't even know the other guys rapped. And then one day we were smoking and drawing. Matter of fact, one of my homeboys just jumped in. My man Fake Kung Fu just jumped in. That was actually, and he's still one of the, um, I still, I run bars by him. I, um, it's one of my, it's my oldest friend, my man Nick. Literally, mm -hmm. my oldest living friend. And my other oldest living friend is my man, Jason, which was the third member of the group. So what we started doing was, like, if one of us uh, learned a style or, like, learned something, we would kind of, like, teach each other. 
Yeah. So it was it was just like steel sharpening steel every day, and then we all tried to like tried our hand at making beats. We tried our hand at scratching, break dancing, like because we thought we were supposed to, because it was it was the elements of the culture. So we all realized what we were the best, like like what we were the best at, or like where our strengths were. Uh, Jason still makes beats and can still rhyme his ass off, but his strength is production. Like he's got an amazing ear, mm-hmm. and he's also could draw better than me, Nick and myself. Um, I was the best dancer, and I, I considered myself the second best MC. I thought Nick was the best because he would say stuff that I wish I had said. It was constantly like, God, why didn't I say that? Like, oh, I wish I had said that. So that when you have someone literally walking distance from your house that you talk to on the phone every day and ride the school bus with and all that, and sit with them at lunch, that you is like, man, this, he's that much better than me today. Tomorrow I'm going to get him. You know what I mean? So that was kind of our uh, our upbringing was literally my folk being like my favorite MCs. Yeah. You know, uh, now I could fade all of them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like Nick, and, you know, Nick can hop in this live and I'll, I'll fade him. You know what I mean? Hit my PayPal. But no. Nah, um, yeah. So like we we, of course, had older like people that that taught us more about music. And that's what I think. I, I, I credit my uncle, Gary Lee, rest in peace, because he was the one that taught me all the different appreciation for all the other styles of music. And then I was able to see without all of these, the one I, I'm good at doesn't exist. And I decided in like 97 or 98, if you're not proficient or knowledgeable in at least one other style of music, you're not even a musician. Even a guitar player can play funk, jazz, rock, right? He doesn't go, I just play this chord. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hip hop's the only thing where it's like, I got one style and I only listen to hip hop. And it's like, yo, you sound kind of fucking boring, bro. Yeah. Yeah. You got one speed, one style. You only rap over a certain kind of beat. Like, all right, man. <laughs> keep, keep it up. You know what I mean? Good, good for you. Good, good for you. It's like, you're not even a jack of multiple trades or a master of one. You're just jacking off with one. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you got you got one thing you can do and not even do it well. If you were a carpenter, you'd still be a laborer. You know what I'm saying? Like thanks, man. <laughs> but like I said, hip hop is like the the only spot, the only space where you can just show up and go. I do this too. It wasn't always like that, but again, I'm sure I'll diatribe about that later. <laughs> There's a there's another big crew I feel that's a, a big part of your life. Um, the Stone Maple Crew. Uh, what what's the whole history with the Stone Maple family? That's me. Yeah, I'm literally. Like, what, I am. I'm what's it. The that's so it. What's the thought part? Like, what made you create that that whole like like? When, and when did that go down? So it was um, 2003. I just my my just had my second daughter. Shout out to Kaya Soleil and. Um, I was like, Tower still existed, and I wanted to go to I wanted to go sell my tapes. So I drove up to Tower, which was on Route 50. Uh, it was like 45 minutes away. Like it was a it was a blunt ride away. Like you know, break it up, roll it up, smoke it, get there, finish in the parking lot, have a cigarette, put your gum in your mouth, go inside and steal. That was the I mean, go inside and shop. That was the <laughs> trip, and uh, <laughs> that was the Tower move. So. I went in there with these tapes. I literally handwritten everything and I go in there and I hand them to him and I'm like, yeah, put me next to DJ. Oh, so fresh. 
put me next to to priest and nomad like i'm a new i'm i'm the new thing right and dude was like this is not shrink wrapped i don't have a barcode <laughs> and i was like what the hell are you what are you talking about so i literally went out in the car and grabbed uh baggies like i had i had a bunch of bags in the car for no particular reason you know sandwich bags i went out and took sandwich bags put my tapes in the sandwich bags bled all the air out burn like cut them burned them around and went back inside and i was like to put a barcode on it now, it wasn't on route 7 it was on route 50 prowess it was on route 50 right outside of um like chantilly in the chantilly area and I, you definitely saw me there, but I didn't see you because I was too busy stealing. I was trying to be <laughs> as incognito as possible. Hey, man, they ain't, they're not around anymore. But, like, yeah, we used to go up there, and I would spend $60 and steal, like, two or $300 worth of material every three or four days. Easily. I got to where I was, I, I was putting vinyl in my, in my sweaters. Like, it was, it was horrible. It was horrible. There might have been one on Route 7. I don't know. But I know we took the one straight up Route 50. Uh, yeah. in, in Leesburg, they still had the Waxy Maxi. And um, I can't remember what else, but they had like Sam Goody and Waxy Maxi. And you still be able to steal from Waxy Maxi and them too. I mean, used to, I used to shop at Waxy Maxi and them too. So, um, and it might have, you know, pancake batter and grease on it because I like making brunch for lovely women. So uh, anyway, um, so what was I saying? I digress. Oh, that was my fault. Oh, yeah. So I got kicked out of Brickfist. That's I was. That's why I'm not going to name anybody because I got kicked out of it um, for being too aggressive in a heavy metal band. Think about that first. Just like I let y'all know, but yeah, I was. I, I and I, I. I still. I got a bunch of bands locally that I'll. I'll go sit in on with the band, and usually what I do. I have a lot of mental issues, bro. You, that's why I fuck with you because I do too. I've already peeped that. We're both probably manic as fuck. You know what I mean? My bad. Me and, me and BK Savage are getting to know each other. Um, yeah, man. If you're actually from Brooklyn, and shout out to Brooklyn, of course. You know what I'm saying? We out here. Nah, we manic as fuck, bro. Let's get it. Yeah, I did some heavy metal. And like I said, it, it, or I, I don't, you know, metal, black metal, whatever. But yeah, I got kicked out of the band. And um, there's still like, punk bands and stuff that I still collaborate with. And, you know, once people can start performing again, there's like a small rotation of bands that I go perform with. And what I do, they'll start playing like Kiss or something by, you know, because these are cover bands, right? So they'll be playing Kiss and I'll start singing Kiss and then do like a really, really dirty verse of my own. And you'll watch all these like old women be like, what? Did he just say... Your barber uses heavy metal to line you up. I ain't got no barber. Fuck I look like. <laughs> Why would I waste my money on a haircut? You know what I mean? I got to buy. I got to get. I got to save up gas money up to Brooklyn. Like to drive up to Brooklyn so we can wild out. But, um, but yeah, so I would, you know, I, I would sing whatever and then just start rapping. And you would have, like I said, like the elderly people, literally like elderly people, um, just like what I, I didn't know I liked rap until right now. That's my probably my to me the, the greatest compliment is when you have somebody be like, I I never liked rap or I didn't think I liked rap or hip hop until right now. Right. You know, so uh so I I never I did I guess I didn't do it for the for the diversity, but it definitely doesn't hurt or didn't hurt 
being able to write to whatever beat I want or will like a lot of people hear something like I don't, I can't hear myself on it. It's like I, I hear it and I go, what exactly am I going to do? Like it, it's a longer list of what I'm not going to do, you know? Yeah, no, BK is living his list. I actually take it as a compliment that BK has got so many comments in already. Like I feel like I, I feel like it's a dual inspiration at this point. It's a symbiotic relationship. You know what I mean? He, now he can clown me for using big words too. You know what I mean? But yeah, um, yeah. Now diversity is key, though. I feel like in almost anything in life, you know, like I said, you know, if you've never left your block, then that's how big your world is. Yeah. If you've never left um, musically, again, if you only have stayed in one style, worked with one producer, whatever, that's how big your, that's how large your palette is. You know, when you go to paint, you got one color and like five different shades of it. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a million fucking colors out there, and you're stuck on blue, yellow, and red, and you don't even mix them. That's yep. embarrassing. You know what it I mean? So that's how that's how I look at it, at least. Man, I'm I'm surprised he didn't catch the. Uh, the extra fabric on my joint. He's been quiet for like two minutes. He's about to flame the shit out of me. Oh no! Nah, yeah, he's chill, bro. Chill. <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, he's good. Like I said, bro, I'm enjoying it. I don't. People usually don't talk shit, and I can't tell if I'm being heckled or <laughs> or not. <laughs> <laughs> um. Last, so last night I talked to Fifth Man, and um, he shared some like Count some Fifth, really good yeah, stories. Yeah, man, he gave us a really good. Oh, it was his birthday. Day. It was his birthday the other day. Happy birthday to Count Fifth. Yep, and uh, he had, he has some really good stories about you guys, man. And um, I guess it's I got some for you as well, man. So uh, what one story I want I wanted to hear from you was about uh, you you had to show up in North Carolina with uh, Rob the Rugged Man and Capigano. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to tell that story, bro. What exactly do you want to hear? Where do you want me to start? Start from the start from the top, bro. Right, so. So, yeah, we had the show in North Carolina with Ari the Rugged Man, Capadonna, and Icon the Mike King. And um, this, is while Capadonna, this is while Icon and Copyright have just fought. Remember when Copyright and Icon fought at Scribble Jam? Yeah, yeah. So this is right after that. I never met Icon the Mike. Like, I meet, I'd never even heard of these people. I'm meeting this guy. I'd met Cap before, so that was nothing new. But anyway, we get down there. Um, we're doing, we do the show. I go on first. And I open up for RA. Now, there's like 40 people there. There's not a lot of people there. And RA does, I don't know if he still does this, but he used to be like a real, real scumbag when he was performing. Like he would flirt with your girl, kiss her, like literally bring girls on stage and they start making out with them. Even if they didn't look like they necessarily wanted to do it. And so this particular night, he made out with this girl and her boyfriend was in the crowd talking about how he wanted to fight him. And you ask Fifth, I'm laughing. I'm just, like, hoping this guy fights him because I think it's going to be funny. And uh, <laughs> I think the reason that this was referenced to you is because backstage, so we got backstage, and R.A. was back there with these two girls, right? Um, <laughs> and this was, what, two, it was 2005, you know, 2006. So I have my little hand-pressed tape. Um... And I was like, yo, here you go, like, R.A., here's my CD. He's got his arms around these girls. He's like, yo, can't you see I'm busy? And I was like, all right, man, um, when you're done being a rugged man, you think you can listen to my CD? No, that wasn't the 930 show. 
That wasn't a 9.30 show. I didn't perform at the 9.30 show. Tell 50 to go to fuck on somewhere. I didn't perform at the 9.30 <laughs> show. No, the 9.30 show is where he wouldn't let us record him because, remember, that girl had dissed him, and he said he looked like a bitch on camera. Like I said, RA's going to hate me after this. But remember, this is the show where Cap and I tried to – you didn't try kicking in shit. Cap was talking about <laughs> kicking that door in. Trust me, both of these things happen because they're still funny to me, Okay. So I was going to get to the cap thing, fifth fucking up. Uh, fifth, fifth zooted, he's excited. <laughs> but yeah, so RA's got these two girls around him. Uh, yeah, exactly, bro. Yeah, no, nah, you, BK, see, B, see, BK and I are on the same page. He thinks that shit's corny too. But yeah, so RA's got these two, got these, uh, these, yo, and if y'all both kicked the door and it didn't break down, and ain't neither one of y'all do shit. I'd have been kicked the door down. So long story short, R.A. looked like a Bama, and then the promoter tried not to pay Ryan. Ryan's going to get mad at this part. Ryan comes up to me, and he's like, yo, the promoter didn't pay me. And I was like, are you paying me? And he said, no. Nah. And I said, then what do I care? <laughs> he didn't stiff me. He stiffed you. So I went down to the promoter, and I was like, hey, man, dude said you didn't pay him. Like, you got to do something about that. And he goes, are you getting paid? And I just started laughing. And he shook my hand and gave me a drink. And I was like, I'm going to decline that just because, you know, you're, you're not paying my people. But I'm going to let you know that that's not cool. And he goes, well, if you were getting paid, I'd pay you because I respect you. And I was like, I don't believe you, but whatever. So I go upstairs and I tell Cap and Fifth, I'm like, yo, dude's trying not to pay us. There's a whole equipment room, right? And uh, <laughs> Cap's like, how much money does he owe us? And Ryan tells him the number. And Cap's like, Yo, there's a mixing board and all. I can see all this stuff through the window. So Cap cocks his foot back to kick the door. And I'm like, yo, yo, be easy because that's fucking grand larceny. And I'm on probation, mind you, and I'm on probation in Virginia. I don't even know if I'm supposed to leave the state. So I'm like, yo, we can't be kicking doors in and robbing things because I got to go home. And we had a show the next night, which me and Fifth um, play fought on stage, actually. And everybody thought I was going to go shoot the place up, which is a whole nother story. Um, but yeah, so like, like I said, R.A. was trying to show off with these two women that weren't very impressed by him and weren't very impressive. He made out with a very, 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 very unattractive taken woman on stage. And, uh, and then Cap tried to rob the, the whole venue. And it was on top of a laundromat. Let's, like, that's another thing. That was actually probably the weirdest part. Yeah. It was called like the Soapbox Automatic or some shit like that. No, Sandbox Automatic. Nah, I made that up. I don't remember what it was called. Before somebody says I'm lying, I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> but yeah, no, that, that story is like, it's only funny because, you know, like watching these guys that like, like at this point, um, Soap Suds, yeah, there you go. It, it, to me, it was only funny because, again, this is 2000 and... 2006, I didn't know who R.A. was for like 10 years, right? And, um, well, look, hey, Prowess, what was unattractive about her was her personality. I heard her talk before that. I don't remember what she looks like, but I remember she was an ugly person inside, and her boyfriend looked like he was on meth. So hopefully, if you're watching this, young lady, you got your shit together, got all your teeth right, you're straight. But, um, anyway... It was funny watching R.A. act 
like he, he was his first show ever. You know, and I was married, so I could have given a shit about, um, you know, like, groupies or whatever. I didn't care about none of that stuff. None of that stuff, that stuff still doesn't impress me. You know what I mean? That doesn't matter to me. Uh, because let's be honest, man, just getting on stage, there's going to be, she must have been built like a Civic from <laughs> Yeah, she was like a Honda CRV, bro. Uh, like the first edition, you know, two-tone. Or maybe like a hatchback Honda Civic or something. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Anyway, so, and Cap is crazy. Capadonna is a complete, he's like certifiably crazy. So watching Capadonna drink, like, <laughs> Cap was uh, upset because they didn't have white Zinfandel, which I thought was gonna, the funniest thing in the world. I was like, Cap don't smoke, RA don't smoke, uh, Icon d- doesn't smoke, and Cap was upset because they didn't have white Zinfandel. <laughs> and then, like I said, and the RA is like, look at me with these two girls. And I'm like, I could probably get two people to put, look, put my arm around them too because you're on stage. Some of these people just came to fuck whoever was there. Like, just for, for everybody that knows that, man, if you ever got a whole lot of trim at a show, don't, don't, you're not the man. That doesn't really, if you can get the same amount of action or interaction at the grocery store or church or the library or something, then you might be doing something. Um, it's okay to call a female ugly, man. I get called ugly all the time. Yeah, but like I said, I don't remember what she looked like, so I don't know if she was ugly or not. And honestly, I didn't care. I was, I was married. I wasn't checking for her like that. But she's definitely ugly if she let R.A. kiss her. Ain't no beautiful person ever kissed R.A. to rug him in. That's us. Externally or internally, you got you to gotta hate yourself to let a motherfucker like that tongue you down. You know what I'm saying? It's like fucking bizarre or somebody. You know what I'm saying? Or like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, that, 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 like I said, it was just funny to watch these cats be so unprofessional. And, and just weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, meanwhile, here I am. I've got the most merch. It's all handmade, but I've got the most merch. We had T-shirts already. I drove two of the artists down there. You know, like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, man, business, the rap game, the business, industry. And it's like these dudes are, like, just as unprofessional as the dudes at the um, show. So that was, like, it was very eye-opening. And, uh, again, it was funnier at the time. Like, I'm sure I usually tell this story a whole lot better, but like I said, at this point to me, it's just like, oh my God, like, I can't believe I drove that far for all that shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's it. You know, like it was, uh, but I think that was our first, my first out of state show with fifth. Yeah. That was my first out of state show with fifth and man bites dog. So that, that's a landmark kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? That is. Man. Um, yeah. So shout out um, to Man Bites Dog. I was gonna say, man, how did that whole? I mean, Fifth broke down uh, his, you know, how he became a part of the family and everything. Which, how, how were you put down with the with the whole Man Bites Dog family? So that's another funny entanglement. Um, hey, I got down. Sorry, I had to get. Up. Let me get on it off my soapbox. But yeah, so I got on uh, Man Bites Dog actually by Fifth bugging me about it. Fifth was going to shows all the time and doing stuff like that, and I wasn't. I was. Uh, I had two kids by 2005. My, you know, I already had two kids, and um, it was so. 
Biff's like, yo, I went to the show. I met this dude named Ryan. Hey, and, and when I'm rich, I hope none of y'all care about my problems. No, I'm BK Savage just saying for anybody that's not reading but hearing me, I just said fuck rich people and their problems. BK said you're going to be rich one day. Yeah, and then all poor people should say fuck that dude and his problems. <laughs> you know what I mean? Their problems ain't feeding my fucking kids. You know what I'm saying? And they got their kids millionaires too. I don't care about their kids' problems. So unless somebody's being sexually assaulted or sexually molested, I don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? With, back to what I was saying. So uh, Dustin um, was like, yo, met this dude. He's trying to start a label. He's a cool dude. And I was like, but I already got Stone Maple. I don't need a label. I'm not interested. Not at all. So Dustin gave, um, yeah, my barber. See, I'll never have a barber. You out your mind. I'll grow dreadlocks or cut my hair off. But um, Dustin hit me up and was like, I'm going to go to the show. I'm going to take a CD for dude. I just put a CD out. So Dustin took a copy of that and then, like, our newest material and gave it to him. And, uh, and then dude gave me a call. Dude being Ryan M. Lynch gave me a call and was like, hey, I'd like to talk to you. I'm interested in having you on the label. I was like, I'm not interested, but I'll talk to you. Five hours later, literally, five hours later and, like, seven, eight, nine drop calls, we just kept calling each other back. And I was like, man, I really like that this guy's talking. I, I like the way he looks at life. I like the way he looks at music. Like, I can work with this dude. I can, I can poly with this dude. So that was 2005. So that was 15 years ago. And that's how I got down was talk to Ryan all day one day. And, um, like, went to, went to his house, met him. And like I said, I liked what he was doing. I liked the independent concept. I liked the idea of no one's going to tell us what to do because that's what I was already doing, you know. And by 2005, I'd already been recording myself for 11 years. So this just meant access to, like, more equipment, someone to do marketing, which, as you well know, Monk, I don't do that stuff well, and I don't really pay much attention to it. So I was like, somebody help me with marketing and all that other stuff. You know, and handle whatever business shit that I didn't want to do or didn't, wasn't aware of and I needed to do, you know. So, yeah, that's I got down with Man Bites Talk about 15 years ago. And uh, like I said, that's Ryan was the one that suggested that I do the um, performance for you. Yep. So, so shout out to Ryan for making that connection with us, too. Yeah, definitely, man. Big, big shout out to Ryan for that, man. Um, there, there was one more story I feel, and I, I feel I, I want to say this one's a positive one, but it's kind of funny. But uh, because Dustin kind of touched on it last night, um, you guys wrote a song with um, you got it, Killer Priest. Yeah. Okay, um, wait. Are we? I'll tell. There's two song writings with Killer Priest. I'll tell the not so funny one first, and then I'll tell you the funny one second. All right. So, Killer Priest. Um, I, I had a song. It's uh, I gave it to Priest. It's actually on his project now. But it's called Brolic. And Dustin made this, uh, made this beat. And I wanted this beat so bad, like real bad. And, and Dustin played the beat at a homeboy of mine's house. And I was like, I'm sitting there like, yeah, this is my beat. And he, my man's like, yo, who's this beat going to? And Dustin's like, I'm probably going to give it to you guys. And I, you can ask Dustin. I, I grabbed a mini bat. My man had a little mini bat. And I took the mini bat and I poked him in the chest with it. And I was like, who's getting this beat? <laughs> And I physically extorted that joint from him right there on the spot. And, uh, and then we got You God, Killer Priest, and 
I'm not going to name the other guy because he was the he was the gunman. He was like the make sure nobody touches these people. You know what I mean? That, his yeah, only yeah. job there was to make sure everybody made it home. And so they came down to the studio. The studio we were supposed to record in kicked us out because we they were late, like three hours late. And then we went back to Dustin's crib, and his his mom Duke. Shout out to uh, his mother. I'm not going to say her name because y'all don't need to know. But shout out to her. Love her to death. And she let us write and record the songs at two in the morning on like a Tuesday. And I didn't have my verse done yet. And I remember you got, we paid Priest to get on there. And, and I remember feeling conflicted about it, but Priest gave us some fire. And then you got was like, yo, I want to get on this song. I looked him dead in his face. And in case you guys watching, because I know he's got a podcast, he think he's famous now. Yui, you cannot lie. I told you verbatim. You're not getting paid, but if you want to get on the song, you can get on the song. My exact words, because I'm not paying you God. I didn't yeah. have you God come down there. You God, I didn't even know he was coming. I wouldn't pay you God, not to be like rude or whatever, but I, I'm not paying you God to rap. I pay you God not to rap. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, get out of here. I, I, I'd rather throw my daughter $250 for a feature, because at least she's going to put some heart into it. That's how I felt at that time. I don't want to keep shitting on you God. But anyway, I couldn't have been any less impressed. I didn't want him to do it. I didn't like the verse. And eventually, the project that I was doing never came out. And I gave, um, Priest actually hit me up. Priest actually hit me up and asked me, can I have Brolic? He tried to, he tried to get Brolic from me for like five years. And Ryan was like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. And I was like, yo, Priest is bugging me about this song. We got to give it to him. So I gave Priest uh, Brolic, and um, Priest was like, yo, Elohim, Pulse, Elohim. And I saw Priest a, a gang of times after that. And then it was, I want to say 2008, 2000, 2009. And we drove up to BK um, to pick Priest up. And when Priest, Priest has this thing where he smokes now, but he didn't smoke for years, right? And every time Priest saw me, somebody would have given him herbs. Just walk up and yo, it's Killer Priest, here's some tree. If Priest saw, knew he was going to see somebody he liked, he would hold on to it and then give it to you. You can ask Ryan and them. I don't know how many times Priest gave me herb. And so we hop in, the, Priest hops in the, in, the, in, the, in the whip, and he gives me some herb. I roll it up. Uh, Priest is writing his verses. to the, we, we went and picked him up so he could record a whole project with the label. Priest is writing all of his verses while we're riding. And actually the song is called The Crusaders. If you listen to the song, I say blowing trees in the back of a Hummer busting down 95 because we literally were riding in a Hummer on 95. And Priest looked over and goes, yo, Pulse, you're going to get on my project, Elohim? You know, I need that brolic Pulse. I need that, bro I need it. And I was like, yeah, not only am I going to get on it, I know which beat we're going to get on, and I already got an idea. And we're going to do a back and forth. And Priest is like, I'm with it. Let me write these other joints to get warmed up. So Priest wrote the, all, the whole rest of the record almost. And then we wrote our song. I want to say from like Philly to like Maryland. You know what I mean? Like the Pennsylvania to Maryland. And then we wrote our joint. We got to the studio. I'm psyched as shit because now I'm like, oh, I'm going to be on the Priest record. And not only am I on it, Priest asked me to be on it. I'm not paying him to be on it. Ryan didn't have to use it as a bargaining chip for the project. Priest was just like, yo, Pulse, I need you on my record. So 
that's how that went, man. Like that was that was that was a no brainer right there. And I just remember it's always fun writing bars with your friends or writing around your friends or in your own comfort zone, but there's not much of an experience like writing a back and forth with Killer Priest where you're the one dictating how many bars you're gonna it's gonna go. Um, I wrote the chorus first and was like, yo, Priest, what do you think of this chorus? He's like, Elohim, we're gonna use that. And I was like, this is my song. Just like Brolic was my song, but I gave it to him. I was like, this is my song. This is gonna go down as my song in my head. Whatever anybody says, however it worked, that's my song. And um, yeah, so, and then like I said, the song came out. Uh, I don't remember the records. I don't remember none of that. You'd have to ask Dustin about that or look it up. Right. But yeah, Impulse and Killer Priest, man, we got like five, four or five songs together. And Priest is always like, man, Pulse, man, oh, man, you, you did it. You did it, baby. Elohim, you know? So, you know, that's why I'll never, I'll never badmouth Killer Priest because then I don't get another chance to get on a song and flame him, you know? <laughs> but yeah, Priest, like, but that's, that's, that's what you get on a song with your favorite artist for. You know what I'm saying? There's no reason to get on a song with an artist bigger than you and keep up. Why, why tread water? You know what I mean? Do a cannonball. No. They're over there backstroking, skinny dipping, having fun. No, nah, man, cannonball. That's your fucking water now. You know what I'm saying? That's yours now. So anytime I get on a, on a song with any of... Anybody bigger than me, anybody with more of a name, or anybody I grew up listening to, my only desire is to fade them. Respectfully, but to fade them. I want people to forget they were on there. I want you to go to the song, because Killer Priest is on there, and then leave the song and go, God damn, that boy Pulse did it. Oh yeah, Priest was on there too. That's the goal. So, yeah, Priest was the first person I got to like consecutively fade by his request, you know. He know what it is, you know. Yeah. Shout out to Shatora Lane real quick. I see my homegirl Shatora Lane. Shout out to Jeeves B. Shout out to my man Early Bird. Shout I got music with, I got music with or booked every artist in this thread right now. So that's a good look. We're still good? good. I hear you. Yep, Mic good. Microphone, yep. microphone checker one, two. What is this? It's a five-foot assassin with the roughneck business. Yeah, I think you're good, bro. All right, what's good, man? How are we gonna alienate so, um, people this yeah, hour, uh, man? <laughs> there was one. There was one more uh, story. I think this one's from Ryan. Uh, Ryan told me that there was like a, like a, a situation with with like a promoter, and he was like, "You guys, are VA, we're DC, or something like that." Or he said you would know what he was talking about, but yeah, I'm not gonna say any names though. Yeah, yeah, he, it's cool. But he said he said you um, that. Yeah, so. <laughs> And this is the one I'm thinking about. So, again, this is like 2008, 2007, 2008, 2009, somewhere in there. And, again, I don't know a lot of people in the scene. If, I, like, if, I, if you haven't reached out to me or, or something like that, I probably don't know who you are. Apparently, there was a dude that had issues with Man Bites Dog. And the word on the street around the campfire was that he had, like, chosen to say, fuck impulse. Now, I don't know who you are, you know what I mean? So I don't appreciate that per se. And um, the big issue at that time was I was on probation in two different states, and I wasn't supposed to leave Virginia. 
So we go to the show in D.C. literally just to, I'm not even going to say who, but to meet a particular artist. And on the way there, like police, there's police everywhere. Like I'm starting to get really paranoid because I was like, yo, if we, if I get pulled over, they run my paperwork, I might get extradited twice before I get, you know what I'm saying? Like I, I was like, man, this is probably a bad idea. And I may or may not had a hammer on me, which we all know is not a good idea in D.C. So, um, but again, this is a different me, you know, and I was just like, I'm way OT. And, and I didn't, so we get there, we meet the artist we're supposed to meet. And while we're there, I find out that the, the guy who was, I thought was told talking about us is the promoter. So I'm standing there with Ryan. We're backstage. This guy knows everybody. I know no one, except for like the three or four people I'm with, which I won't even name them. And uh, all of a sudden, dude walks by us but doesn't interact with us. He like walks in between us, like kind of be disrespectful to Ryan. I, you know, I thought it was rude regardless of who he was. And then dude gets like five feet away, ten feet away, and Ryan's like, you know who that is? And I was like, nah, who was that? Like, whoever that was, dude's a, he's a jerk. And he was like, that's so-and-so. I said, oh, yeah? I'll be back. And I, he was going down a hallway by himself. So I ran down the hallway, and I ran up, and I tapped him on the shoulder. And when he turned around, I grabbed his hand to shake his hand, and I held his hand, and I pulled him in. And I was like, what's up, man? And he was like, who are you? And I was like, I'm Impulse. What's up? And he was like, I'm so-and-so. Why, why, why are you acting like this? And I was like, apparently it's fucked me, right? Then, you know, prove me a punk. Like, I'm, I'm not in a good space. And dude's like, I never said that about you. And you're fucking crazy because I know everybody here. You touch me and this place will collapse on you. And I was like, yeah, but they can't unbeat your ass, though. <laughs> like, you can do whatever you want. I'm going to beat your ass first. And he was like, yo, I like you. You're cool. And then he was like, but I have an issue with other people. And I was like, so if you're not disrespecting me directly, we don't have a problem. I'll let that go. And uh, me and dude don't have an issue to this day. I'm just leaving the names out of it because I don't want to sure. reignite anything. Um, but, yeah, I just, like I said, I was on a different type of time. And that's why he and I, you know what I mean? That's why he and I, there was no issue. Because I really was prepared to get jumped at that time. Um, I was way too attached to my name and, and, and fame and all that. But in my head, it wasn't, it wasn't fuck impulse. He was like, fuck Acacia and Kaya's dad. Yeah. All right. So um, got two more, two more questions for you uh, to do this wrap-up, man. Um, what are some projects that you got coming down the pipeline, man? I heard you got something coming out soon. Can you speak on that a little bit for us without giving too much away? Yeah, I, I think I usually always have something in the works coming out. Um. Me and my man, Eugene uh, Dunyan, a.k.a. DJ Alchemy, uh, we got, uh, yeah, we, we got, we got a, another project coming out. Um, it's called The Home and Transfer. Uh, we're a group called Wasp 18B. It's got, everything's got like a, uh, you know, like a, like a celestial feel to it. So that's all I can really say about that. I'm working on another project with Man Bites Dog, finally. Okay. And um, I don't. I think the name's gonna of that one is gonna be astronaut. Um, I got a project, a solo coming out at some point. 
Actually, now that, remi that reminds me, Dustin, I paid you to start mixing and mastering that, so you can start mixing and mastering that right now. And um, hopefully that joint will be out in like, I don't know, like a month, month and a half. But it's called Darwin Take the Wheel. Um, Prowess and I got a project that's going to be coming out. I keep dropping that. We're like maybe we're less than halfway through it, but I got to keep, you know, mentioning that because I'm, I'm proud of that. And uh, I think that's about it as far as the stuff I'm, I, I can talk about. I only like to talk about stuff that's like halfway finished or more, right. you know. Okay. This is the part, uh, this part where I, I give you the platform, man. Is there anything you want to get off, get off your chest and say to everybody, or anything you want to say? You know, this, this, this is your anything you want to wrap it up. Oh with, bro? man. Well, like I said, man, I think uh, I got a couple little bullet points. I guess mm -hmm. I thought there was more questions, but I, I don't, I don't, I wasn't paying attention. You so, one of the <laughs> bet, bet, and they were, they were good. I remember reading those and and, and digging that. So one of the things I want to say is domestic violence is unacceptable. Domestic violence is unacceptable. Child molestation is unacceptable. Those things will not, should not, and cannot be tolerated. We need to handle those things with extreme prejudice. Uh, I'm the chair of an anti-domestic violence committee in my county. I think it's one of the only ones that's led by citizens that's run, like in the, in the state. It was very easy to set up. If you're wanting to set something up like that, reach out to me. I'll let you know. Um, this is a good time to, be, uh, to donate and volunteer where you can. Uh, but but like, I'm sure you're, that whoever's watching this, your local uh, women's shelter or, or homeless shelter or children's shelter is in need of supplies. No, no don't touch children. Don't beat women. Very simple. Um, don't harm the elderly. Like I said, let me just get all my little soapbox shit in. Oh, and if you're if you're if you're uh, if you consider yourself a rapper, you gotta own equipment or have immediate access to a studio. You have to. Um, otherwise, I don't know what you're doing. You know what I mean? I don't really I don't understand. Like if COVID shut you down in whatever industry you were doing, that means that's not what you're doing. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Or you or you're doing an, or you're or you're involved in an industry that sadly is not a necessity. And I don't mean just because the government said so. I said it's proven it's not. Like I used to wait tables, but now we see how much of going out to eat is an actual luxury. If you have money to go out to eat and wish that you can't, you're actually doing pretty good. You know what I mean? You're able to grub hub every five minutes, you're actually doing okay. You're not living off ramen noodles and, and, and Debbie snack cakes and stuff. And you're not locked up, you're doing okay. So let's 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 pat yourself on the back for that real quick. Um, self sufficiency is key. That's what I think. That's what I was getting at. You know, that's one of the things I learned from watching cats like Killer Priest and Copyright. A lot of them can't work. Maybe they can now. I'm sure P Pete knows how now. But when I met those guys, they didn't know how to work equipment. And I'm like, how do you make a living off machinery that you don't understand? A forklift driver couldn't do that. A general contractor, even the guy that draws blueprints, knows what a cement mixer looks like. You know what I'm saying? So, again, rap is one of the only ones where all you got to do is say a bunch of words. So if, if your words aren't good, you're not rapping. You're not doing anything. If you can't, if you need a beat to keep rhythm, you're not doing anything. 
like there's certain cr criteria and, and, and credentials that you used to have to have. And hopefully they're all coming back now. Um, that's going to be a gift of this curse that is called COVID. Um, what else? <coughs> practice every practice. Bless you. Was that a sneeze or a cough? If it was a sneeze, that's bless bad. you. <laughs> if, if you were coughing, that's rude. But uh, <laughs> no, but um, yeah, just just find what you like to do in life and devote as much time as you can possibly to getting sharper and sharper at it. Again, if, if you like to make music, how many, everybody that we know, we know, everybody knows somebody that like plays guitar or drums or something like that. What are they typically doing if they're not with you? Even if they like go to the field party, they, they bring their little guitar. They're always playing. You know what I mean? Jimi Hendrix didn't just take acid and get, and like, pick up a guitar the first time, and he's like, wow, I'm really good at this. I'm never going to practice. No, yeah. that man recorded and practiced tirelessly. Uh, when you watch B-Boys, imagine how many times they fell before they landed that trick. Your favorite gymnast, um, every gymnast that's won a gold medal and broke a bone before. You know? Uh, Dave Mira and all like the original BMX bike guys got brain damage. They kept slamming their head, but they had to nail that 900. You know, Tony Hawkton broke everything. He, he, he sets metal detectors off, but look at what he's accomplished. So, like, what are you willing to sacrifice in order to achieve greatness? Whether that greatness to you is, is sales, outreach, fame, or infamy, you know? Um, I've, I've done pretty good at being relatively infamous, you know, for the live show and whatever else. But now the live show aspect is gone. Now it's back to, well, damn, he can rap, too. Yeah. Like, wow, he, make, he makes good music, too. Not, he doesn't just strip on stage, which I'm sure is entertaining or crazy or whatever. But it's like, oh, he can actually rap, too. Okay, cool. We'll keep him around. You know, we'll, we'll keep, like I said, my inbox is constantly full with people asking me to work, just whether or not I have time or if I'm inspired or not, you know? Oh, and uh, you know what? I'll go ahead and do the shameless plug. EMPULS on Bandcamp, YouTube, SoundCloud, and all that. Um, I'm on iTunes, and I don't even know the rest of them. But I'm on all those streaming platforms, but I don't make a lot of money off those. So here's my suggestion. Buy the material from my Bandcamp or send me money on PayPal Cash App. I'll send you the, the, the joints. You ain't even got to download them. To show me love and then stream my stuff too. You can do both. They're not mutually exclusive. Um, I don't even have Pandora or none of that on my phone because um, I don't. I don't. I'm always listening to something I'm working on. But like I said, I'm on all of those platforms. Uh, technically, I'd be right before Eminem, I guess, if you want to go alphabetical order. You know, which I'm sure at one point was a strategic thing, but. Uh, no, actually, I'm right after Eminem. I just, I, I can't spell. E-M-I-E-M-P. So I'd be right after, you know, presumably I'm right after him. You know, so, uh, trying to think, I think that's, that's about it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Get your concealed carry permit and, and, get, and get your arms right. Learn your tool. It is not something to flash not something to shoot a drill video with. 
This is something to protect your family, protect yourself. Not to shoot somebody over stealing like a shovel out your yard. You know what I mean? Somebody come in your house after dark, make it dark for them. And I'll, and I'll, you know what I mean? And I'll leave that at that. But other than that, you know, an armed society is a polite society. Black guns definitely do matter. And um, what else, man? I think that's, that may be about it, bro. I, I, may, I, may have, I, may, I may have hit all the, I, want, I may have hit everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Trying to think, trying to think, is there anything else? Because like I said, you sent me that, and I actually did write down bullet points. But they're, of course, they're all inside, but I have no service. Um, but yeah, man, real quick, though, I want to I I shout you out. I appreciate you um, for, for getting me on this. And being able to do my little, you know, DMV story or whatever, as scattered as it might have been. And um, I want to say, say shout out to, there's almost too many to mention, but, you know, Rye Bread, Tim Hicks, uh, Artemis, shit, um, RNL, Prowess, Theory. Man, I started doing this, everybody going to get mad. Crazy Fingers. ADST, The Four Horsemen, Choppy Chop, my man Mental the God, Count Fifth, Man Bites Dog, K Beta, L Beta. Like I said, there's going to be a million people in my inbox like, you ain't seen my name. Jeeves B, uh, Black Mav, Gadget, uh, AJ Throwback, King RG. <laughs> man, like, we, we, we deep out here, man. There's, a, there's um, oh, I almost forgot. Kenilworth, Katrina, uh, like, and everybody I named, I've done songs with and or book. DJ RBI, DJ Rags, you know, like, there's so many people in this area that, that people haven't heard of, sadly. DJ Oso Fresh, uh, who, who at, at, from the Tower days, DJ Oso Fresh was the first person I saw locally. He was the local section at Tower sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you'd also have uh, K-Skills and Dr. Beckett. Remember them? Yep. Remember yep. K-Skills and Dr. Beckett? And uh, Team Demolition. Trying to think who else. Uh, shout out to Interloop Records. You know, uh, Head Rock, I almost forgot. You know, you can't, can't forget the OG. Um, but yeah, man, like just, you know, and, and, and then just individually, I named all those people. But collectively, shout out to everybody that ever supported the kid, uh, yourself included. Uh, Monk of the Three Nines. Yeah, no, like, that, that, um, I still remember when I wore my Virginia, it was my Virginia Cavalier shirt, that big old orange shirt. I was swimming in that joint at the B-Boy joint. Yeah. And I remember I wanted to dance so bad. I was gonna, I was gonna dance. Remember I danced during my set. You remember? You did. You did. Because yep. I, I had the wireless mic. So I put the mic down and I, I remember, um, I did like a baby. I like I had like a baby freeze. I did like a little bit of footwork, and everybody's like, "Oh my, yo, this this dude's all right." And then I think I tried to walk on my hands, and like fell on my head, and just like, "All right, I'm done." And then picked it back up, and just like went into my. I I actually had it set up in my set. I had like a 45 seconds, but what I did wrong is I was supposed to dance for 15 seconds and then get my breath back. Nah, I danced for the full 45. I was like, <laughs> you know what I mean. And struggled through the next song or two, and the crowd loved it anyway because uh, I was the dance fool. 
I mean, I was out there with my jazz hands getting it in. So, uh, but yeah, like, like I guess the, 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 since the, the DMV, you know, scene was mentioned in the actual tagline for the, for Hidden Gems, like I said, I want to shout out everyone in the DMV that's actually doing it, making good music, good people, you know, contributing, um, I guess to check 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 me out. Check all of us out, man. With the same the same Tabby Bonet or none of that in the pocket stuff. I heard he's doing better stuff now, and he seems like a really good guy. But I still remember when DMV met Wale and Tabby Bonet, and now mm-hmm. I guess there's a dude named some dude named Shy Glizzy, which I'm assuming that's gangster stuff because a Glizzy is. Um, that's not the people I associate with. Good luck to that young man. But that's not what I'm doing. Even Kenilworth Katrina, uh, has a, who is probably one of the most the gulliest females I've ever met in my life, and is with the shits and all that stuff, still still can wrap her ass off and make like a, um, a quote-unquote hit. You know what I mean? She's um, Early Bird. I, don't, I knew I was forgetting somebody. Shout out my man Early Bird. Um, <laughs> oh, shout out my man uh, Grim Blake. Uh, my man Blake Grim. Uh, I think he's uh, was it, baby bronze shoes or something like that on face, on on here. Um, I know I'm for Watusi, uh, mental stamina, Mana. Even though she's in Utah now, um, Jay Mills. Almost forgot Jay Mills. Illustrious Jay Mills can't do that. Can't you can't forget her. Um, she was the first female MC I saw that I was like, okay. You know, like, I didn't have any female friends that rapped. And I still remember the first time I saw her was, like, 2005, 2006. I want to say, like, Jam and Java or something like that. And <laughs> I was literally blown away. I was absolutely blown away. And I you, was also like, got, uh, you also got Wonder Kid, too. Jamil. Yeah, and that's actually, all right, so I met Wonder Kid at Fifth Studio. He was just Corey. Yep, Stacks, yep. Corey, and he was still Stacks the Wonder Kid, and uh, that's right. Y'all got a connection. So, so Corey would come over to the studio, and what I would do was I lived in Middleburg. The studio was in Manassas Woodbridge area. I would drive my like hour and a half, work on music, and it's you could ask Dustin when everybody else would go to sleep. That's when I would work on my solo. Corey would always be there, so I would have, I would. Man. And so then, oh, your connection is killing you, bro. <laughs> Man, I'm gonna say that again. Then, no, um, so yeah, I would go to the studio and work on my material when everybody else was asleep, and Wonder was there, and we would just, you know, blow some pitches, and I would be like, "Hey, I just recorded this," and he'd be like, "Holy shit, when'd you do that?" But like, I just did that. And he'd be like. Yo, I'll record it for you. You just go in the booth. So I would set all the sessions up and then just go hop in the booth, record something, and go, all right, open the next one. Open the next one. Because I saw videos of, of Tupac, and, like, and I, I don't think – I don't have respect for Lil Wayne, but I remember, like, seeing videos of him just doing song after song after song. And I was like, okay, I cannot disrespect that productivity. Now, was it quality? Absolutely not. I don't think he's ever had a good verse. 
Dude is one of the wackest on the planet. Always will be, always has been. But the work rate. That's a situation where talent beats hard work. Or, or was it? Hard work beats talent when talent don't work hard. You know? And Pac wasn't the best, but he worked super hard. And you can even hear him get better as, with time. Lil Wayne hasn't really gotten any better. He just changed his style up a little bit. But he's always been whack. You know what I'm saying? But he worked super hard. When did he fall off? When he stopped putting out mixtapes every two months. When he stopped being on features every five minutes. At one point, he was on, I think there, he's the only artist ever in history to be on, I think, five singles in the top 20 featured at the exact same time and have his own song be in there. You know, as from artist to artist, you have to respect that. Do, would I play any yeah. of the songs? No. You know what I mean? They're whack. But I think he had, like, Mrs. Officer or whatever, and then, like, five features in there at the same time because he was smart about that. And he was getting paid, like, 50 to 100 grand per feature. In two years, I clocked him at doing 200 of them. How much money is that? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you even want to talk the business side. The, like, so his business acumen at one point was pretty decent. Even though I'm sure Birdman got 60% of all of those, so he's just robbing Peter to pay Paul at that point. But, yeah, man. Like, so, yeah, anyway, back to Wonder Kid. So we met, Wonder Kid met me at, like, the height of my production at that time. And he's playing me all of his beats. And, and he was like, I didn't even know how young he was, I, how old he was. I thought he was, like, the younger kid. He had already been to the military, already had a child. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, Corey's, Corey's an extremely particular person, and those are the only kind of people that I can vibe with. You know, like, even you, man. Like, I'm sure, like, you know, you got your glasses, your name's Monk. It's like, you know what I mean? But the conversations we've had off camera, that's from, like, see, I knew. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, just the, yeah. not just the hip-hop thing. Not like matter of fact, you you donated clothes to me to donate to homeless and, and stuff and charities and things. So it's like, like I said, we have a connection separate yeah. than just music, which to me has to happen. I wouldn't be cool with anybody 14 years later that I didn't respect on multiple levels. Yeah, you know what I mean. So to toot your horn real quick, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, man. Like, like I said, and I, I've been able to watch. I kind of live in my own little cave, and obviously, I got shitty reception. But um, I've watched a few of the, the joints, man. I, I was, I was psyched, man. I was, I was psyched to do this. Um, even brought, got my little forty out. I took a shower. I didn't get a haircut, you know, to 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 BK Savage's chagrin. I didn't get a haircut for this, but I did halfway shave a little bit. You know, what I mean, I tried to get clean. Um, no, I wish I, I wish I had another story for you, man. Like that's like, because I know I've. Oh, okay. I know I got, I got, I got one. I got one. I don't want to. You, you gave me this. All right. So everybody remembers Def Jokes, I think. Everybody yeah. our age remembers the Def Jokes. So Def Jokes All Stars came around. It was like 2004. They came to Black Cat. Or 2003, I think it was. They came to Black Cat. And my cousin and all of his people used to go see them all the time. They even drove up to New York to um, visit Aesop's bazooka tooth release at the bowery ballroom all right that's how far back that goes so mind you i don't have the internet at this point i don't have the credit card or nothing i'm strictly cash living pretty much off the grid and 
everybody's like, yo, you want to go to this show? I'm like, where is it at? They're like, Baltimore. I'm like, I don't know anybody. I don't know any street cats out there. I don't know. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I don't like going that far from home. I don't know about this. They're like, all right, Pulse, whatever. They're like, you're going to miss a great show. And I'm like, oh, y'all got tickets? And they're like, yeah, we got tickets, bro. So I'm thinking that they bought four tickets. Because there's four of us. Not five of us, right? Mind you. We get about halfway there. We're rolling up. We're doing things. And then I was like, so who do I pay for my ticket? Which one of y'all bought me a ticket? Like, who's got the extra ticket? Like, oh, we didn't get an extra ticket. You can buy one at the gate. I was like, oh, here you go. I was like, if I drive, if I ride with y'all two and a half hours and I have to sit in the parking lot, I'm going to be the least pleased motherfucker you've ever seen in your whole life. This, ru- this ride back is going to be uncomfortable as shit. So we get there, stand in line for like 30 minutes. It's sold out. I'm like, fuck y'all. Everybody leave all the alcohol and all the herb with me. I'm smoking all of it. I'm drinking all of it. When y'all get out, I'm going to be bent, and I'm cussing you out the whole way. Right? My cousin's like, nah. My cousin Earl Camuteo, we got you. Rest in peace to Camuteo. And I was like, you do not know Camuteo. He literally pulls out a, um, a card, Camuteo had signed, and wrote Cammy Lee on it, and it had his cell phone number on it. I was like, what the fuck? So they go inside. They come back out like 10 minutes later. Everybody comes running outside. They got their arms up. They're all excited. And I was like, yo, what's, what's, what we all so happy about? Fuck y'all. Mind you, I'm already like a 40 deep and a blunt to, to the face already. And they come outside. And they're like, is there any herb left? And I was like, yeah, like two joints left. And I'm going to smoke. Fuck y'all. And they were like, no, no, no. Metro. And he's going to get us in. I go, who's Metro? And he's standing right there. And they're like, Metro from SA Smash. I'm like, wait, that's his name? Yo, I fuck, I like them. So Metro's like, yeah, whatever. And he's wearing a, a Ghostface Killer t-shirt, and it says the, the greatest on it. And I was like, all right. I was like, you're already my favorite member of Def Jokes because of your shirt. He's like, yeah, whatever, yo. So he's like, we going to smoke or what? So we, we smoke. Halfway through the second joint, now he's lit. Um, I, I'm sure I rapped for him, you know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm in a good mood now, and all, all the alcohol is hitting. I'm, I'm feeling it. He goes... I'm going to put your name on the list. Come up in about 20 minutes. I'm like, yeah, right. But I'm in such a good mood. I'm like, I'll go stand in line to get rejected again. Why not? (laughs) So I go stand in line. There's people in front of me and behind me. Nobody has tickets. There's a sold out sign up on the will call window, right? The show is still hasn't started yet. This is back when we used to get the shows like an hour and a half early. We actually literally parked right in front of, um, across the street from Black Cat. You literally could look, like, out of my, um, out of the driver window was the front door. So I'm sitting right, so I hop out, go stand in line, and I'm telling people, like, I'm like, yo, do y'all got tickets? And they're like, no, we're going to get them at the window. I was like, I think it's sold out. They're like, well, how are you going to get in? And I was like, I'm on the list. I'd never said that before. Everybody starts laughing, like, yeah, 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 whatever. I was like, no, nah, I'm on the list. They're like, man, it's a Def Jook show. Ain't no local list. These guys don't know you. I'm like, okay, bro. So we get up to the front. At this point, I've got about 10 people in front of me and 20 people behind me literally heckling me about not being able to get in. So I'm thinking, now if I don't get in, I'm probably going to run somebody's fade. 
just walking back to the car. One of them's going to mush me or touch me or think it's really funny, and I'm not in a, now I'm now it's not okay to be rejected, right? You know, you know how mob rule is: lowest common denominator thought takes over. And mm -hmm. Derek Summers Jr. I'm on the list. This lady pulls out a clipboard and thumbs through all these typed up pieces of paper. There's a list about this big with four names on it, and my name is written in graffiti by Metro. And she goes, wow, you really are on the list. You must know somebody. So I walk in. They don't search me or anything. I walk right in. I run, I run up to Metro, dap him, hug him, the whole deal. And my people were trying to get up front. SA Smash came out first. Metro comes out and was like, yo, where are my people at? Like, where are my people? Everybody's like, whoa. And he goes, no, 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 seriously. The dude who I wrote his name on the list, like Derek or whatever, where is he at? And then I start pushing people out of the way when my boys follow me. And we went up in the front row. And that's one of the only times I've ever been up in the front row. That was the first time I ever had my name on a list, all that. And then after that, I was like, I told everybody, I'm never, ever going to another show if I have to pay to get in if I'm, or if I don't get backstage or something like that. I was like, these guys are my peers. I'm not doing that. Yeah. And I had, a, I had a streak for like 11 years of literally getting on the list or only going like the Wu-Tang show. You got let us in the back door. Um, R.A. the Rugged Man. And this all at 930 Club. R.A. the Rugged Man. Um, Ruck, uh, Sean Price, rest in peace. And Jedi Mind Tricks were performing. R.A. let us in the back door. Uh, I went and saw Dilated Peoples and... Um, J5, right? Uh, Zakir's cousin was in the crowd. And I was married, but she started flirting with me in the line. So I just hammed it up and played off of it. And then we get up to the front, and she gave me her pass. So I got to co get in. And then she came and found me during the show, and I went backstage. And I drank with uh, Iris Science for the entire J5 set. I got, I got blackout drunk. And... Um, I went down, I left the backstage area, right? And then I tried to go backstage again, and they wouldn't let me. And I'm like, man, this is whack. So I see Iris Science on stage. I run over, and I'm like, yo, what's up? And I start talking to him. He stops talking to this whole group of people and daps up. My people said I talked to him for 15, 20 minutes. And then we go to leave. I look for my wallet because I'm trying to buy a drink. Even though the bar is closed, I want to buy a drink now. I can't find my wallet. We walk around for like three or four minutes. All of a sudden, my man looks down on the ground. My wallet is on top of a pile of trash. Someone's sweeping up to throw in the dumpster. Damn, dog. And I was like, yo, this was destiny. Like, I was supposed to come out tonight. Like, I got to kick it with Iris Science. Like, we talked to each other on MySpace for, like, three weeks afterward, man. You know? So, like, and, I, and honestly, I didn't even think I was a big J5 fan because I didn't like how they weren't very technical and blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Yo. Best, one of the best shows I've ever seen. Those, that shit is so cool, the synchronicity and all that. So even that, it, 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 it took me out of my square a little bit. It, everything didn't have to be hard bars, you know. And because Iris Science, that night, um, evidence was sick. So Rocket did the whole show by himself. Mm. So he's freestyling during, like, evidence's parts. He did the worst comes the worst joint. Like, he's doing stuff I didn't think that would sound good live, but it was murdering. I was like, so every verse doesn't have to be, I'm the best, da, 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 da. you know what I'm saying? Like, 
So, yeah, man, I, like I said, I only paid for, like, four or five shows my whole life. And uh, I'm happy for the ones I paid for. But, yeah, once everything opens back up, I'm never paying again. I'm still <laughs> I'm going back to that now. I'm never paying again, man. And the next show that I book, you got to host it. Might be 2022 or some shit, but you got to host it. You know what I mean? Because we got to keep you know, we gotta I got to get you. that back. Here, bro. But, yeah, bro. Definitely, um, I guess. I know this is only supposed to be like an hour-long podcast or whatever. Okay. I definitely got a lot of editing to do on this episode. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. You ain't no lie. No so, hey, yeah. Because you're going to clean the up. I'm assuming yeah, for the lagging. You know, that's what happens when you steal stealing your neighbor's Wi-Fi and shit, I guess. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, shout-out to BK Savage uh, for heckling me. For the first hour, that was actually kind of fun. Uh, I'm not gonna lie, the first two or two or three comments, I was like, "Yo, what's this dude's problem?" <laughs> but then I forgot, like, it, he's not. This is the fucking internet. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, happen, I think man. I'm a, I'm a old head, bro. I'm a old head, man. Like I still got a rotary phone. You know what I'm saying? But yo, shout out to everybody <laughs> that watched this, man. Shout out to the monk of the tree nines, man. Um, the whole DMV team that deserves respect. Not every single one of you, but the ones that know that you know. Like, like, what did what did um Pusha T say? If you know, you know. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> my name is my name, bro. Yes, sir. Yo, much love, my dude. Uh, this it was an honor having you on tonight. Thank you for the stories. Thank you for uh sharing yeah, all the information you did, man. Um, it, it's always our friendship has gone back for a long time, and some continue keeping yeah. going, bro. So, definitely respect, bro. Yeah, and like I said, man, y'all know Monk crazy because he's been friends with me for like 14 years. So don't <laughs> let him fool you, man. It's the quiet ones, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's the quiet ones. Like, I, we both pull up. Everybody expects me to do something wild. You don't expect him to do anything wild. You know what I mean? Like, it's all, I'm almost hiding in plain sight. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, all I got to do is tell everybody I'm in rap mode and they let me say whatever I want. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, watch out for Monk, man. That's the one y'all got to watch out for, man. Y'all like, uh, yeah. Because even yeah, Monk's know I fight. <laughs> <laughs> Peace, yo. Respect. Peace, man. Respect, bro.